listening to Cinema Spin. Hello, everybody. I'm Matt. I'm Jason. And welcome to another episode of Cinema Spin, the only podcast that brings you reviews each week for some of the latest movies, brand new into theaters, and also we use the uh, great randomizer to uh, pick a movie from the past, and we go back and review a movie every week from the past. The past. Remember the past? <laughs> I, I try to remember the past, but it gets diff- more difficult every time. I try to forget the past. Before we move on to to the topic at hand, which is our first movie... Um, I was watching uh, in the theater this week at Watching Cop Shop, which is Cop our first Shop, film. Yes, and uh, it occurred to me while watching the, I guess, final trailer for Dune. Zendaya is in that. Zendaya, you know. yes. How does one get a just one word name? Um, I guess when you name your child Zendaya, yeah, you got that in your pocket. That right. Day. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, can, uh, can I go with just Matt th- and just be the Matt in the world? I don't think you can I don't be- think I don't, not Matt. It's not a little Matt. too simple. Uh, and I can't be the Jason because there's just too no. many Jasons, right? I think you have to start out with like a, a, at least somewhat unique. I thought name, it was sort of interesting right? because, you know, some people, you know, there's Adele. Yeah. Uh huh. And, uh, you know, she came into basically everybody's knowledge as Adele. As just Adele. But there's a few people who have kind of grown into it. You know, Beyonce was, was Beyonce, Beyonce Knowles. Knowles. Right, and then just, And then it pretty much, like, we don't, need, got this, we don't of, need this Knowles bullshit. Right, we, well, we have to say Knowles because, like, there's, you know, Beyonce Jones. Well, no, the, right. True. You know, Beyonce is a pretty right. unique name. Right. So, um, so you don't think it's in my future? No, no, I don't. No, okay. I don't, I don't. Well. Yes. We well, can't get everything. No, you can't you, get everything. You don't get everything. I knew, I knew someone once in my, back when I lived in New Orleans, um, who had a unique name. And uh, it was interesting because uh, she was, uh, <laughs> she, uh, uh, people knew of this person, right? So you could just say the, the one name, right? And people were like, oh, you know her right that's interesting i mean that's you know zendaya so it can happen even in a a more small scale yeah yeah you just you have to have a big personality and uh i think uh and uh, any i mean would 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 adele be as big if her name was florence bendercrotch or something you know um yeah i think so i think they could just call her florence maybe yeah florence is not not, yeah you know yeah Um, i don't know things i'm used about yeah (laughs) <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I mean, there is always the uh, the you know uh, uh, example of uh, you know Gordon Sumner just one day deciding uh, or uh, you know call me Sting, you know, <laughs> right? You know, the you whole know, the whole bit. The, there's a bit from uh, Dana Carvey where he says, "At what point do you get the gumption up to say just you know no call me Sting now?" Just yeah, I don't a know verb present tense. I don't right? know. I don't know the uh, <laughs> the origin story of his nickname. Uh yeah, I don't. You know, I know. I bet like, my wife does. I She's know, like Bono, Bono and the Edge goes back to Irish high school. So, uh huh. You know, oh, it does. Yeah, it's not like one day they decided to call themselves <laughs> these names. <laughs> He's just the Edge. It's got to be you know a unique circumstance. But Sting, I honestly don't know. You know, mm-hmm. Prince—that's his actual first name. Yes, right. Uh, Madonna is the same way, right? Isn't she Madonna like Louise Chacon? No, oh, no, no. She, no, no, no. She's got Lu- a different. Lu- yeah, she's Louise. Chicone, yeah, right, yeah. So yeah, the Madonna's yeah. Uh, Madonna thing was, you know, self-applied. Okay, right? uh, okay, well, yeah. I guess you know, certainly Kanye is at the point where you know you just say Kanye, but you're you such a again, unique name. Yeah, you don't. You, it's like which other Kanye? You know, Kanye Lipchitz. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. 
I just Although, thought, you know, who knows? Maybe now at this point, maybe there is a Kanye love shit on there. Well, yeah, by now there probably is. Yeah, He's right. Probably named yeah. after the Kanye we all know and right. No, <laughs> we all know and <laughs> we all have heard of. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, but when you name your kid Zendaya, I guess uh, that's always a possibility. Yeah, and also when she's you know uh, uh, beautiful and a good actress, right? Well, that, that helps. That's true. Right. <laughs> So, uh, that always helps the career a little bit when you I, have t- actual talents. You brought it up, so I'm going to go with it. I can't wait until I can't wait to see you doing. I'm I'm really I'm really into it. Wow. So, um I was a big fan of the book. Um and uh I'm a bit I'm I'm a big I'm a big fan of uh, uh Villeneuve who Denis Villeneuve who uh direct is directing these movies. And it's, it, we're almost certain there's going to be a second movie because the first this movie is just going to cover the first half of the book, so there's going to have to be a at least one sequel to uh, round it out. So uh, anyway, um, it's coming up in just a couple weeks. Now. I know I can't wait. So. All right, but anyway, before we get well, let's digress to cop shop. Cop shop. Let's wander off and talk about let's take this a movie, journey. Cop shop, let's take a journey. Um, travel, if you will, with me to uh, uh, somewhere in uh, in Nevada. Or uh, you know, uh, outside of uh, somewhere, uh, there there is a uh, there is a very large, pristine-looking police <laughs> Extremely station. Extremely large. That's somehow both in the middle of nowhere and also a short walk from Las Vegas, right? <laughs> um, so we have here cop shop is uh, an entry into the Rio Bravo uh, uh, assault on precinct thirteen sort of uh, cops trapped by psychos subgenre of action movie, right? <laughs> Uh, th- there is a yes, there is a whole right. subgenre, you know, including many westerns and and seventies ex- ex- exploitation movies, right? So, um, so let's not belabor uh, the rather overcomplicated plot or give up any spoilers. But the basic setup is that there is this very large police station out somewhere in uh, in Nevada. Frank <laughs> Grillo, um, play uh, <laughs> Frank Grillo. First of all, you know that right there is an action name, an action. Movie it is name, right. It you is. may as well have the character may as well be named Frank Grillo. Yeah, he right? should play himself. And right, all you know, um, you wouldn't want to mess with a Frank Grillo just yeah, off the top of the. The opposite of the Zendaya. Just to go back, the opposite of the Zendaya uh, uh, phenomenon is the, there are some people that you have to say both their first and last names. <laughs> yeah, right. I've noticed that, and I think Frank Grillo is one of those people you never <laughs> just call him Grillo. Grillo, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so and that for, also <laughs> applies to the real world for some reason. Some uh-huh, people yeah, get just, uh-huh. <laughs> my friend Barry Logan. You never just <laughs> yeah. say Barry. I guess sometimes you do, right? But uh, so or Chris Blaster, another one. Uh, uh, Frank Grillo plays a mysterious man named Teddy, um, who intentionally gets himself arrested and taken to said station. Gerard Butler plays Bob, a second mysterious man who also gets himself arrested and ends up in the j- the cell adjacent to Teddy's. Um, Teddy wants police protection, and Bob wants to get into the jail to kill Teddy. Right? Uh, got all that? Uh, there's at least one crooked cop in this cop shop. Uh, there's at least one honest, tough cop. She's played by uh, Alexis Louder, and she's left to try to decide which of the two prisoners she trusts less when inevitably all hell breaks loose. Um, that hell comes in the form of a, se- of a second hitman uh, coming for the bounty on Teddy's head. Uh, the second hitman is named Anthony Lamb. Don't call him Tony. Um, he is played with more than a little flair by an actor <laughs> named Toby Hess. Kid, you know where you've seen Toby Hess before? Yes, I'm a fan of his work from uh, *Halt and Catch Fire*. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a he's a he has a, a major part in that in that show. Oh, okay. And he's great in that. Yes. Do you know where else? 
No, what are you? He was to? on. Uh, he was. He was on the, uh, an episode of Seinfeld where he says, uh, "I'm the king." Oh yeah, he yeah. plays the Wiz. The Wiz. The Wiz. That's it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So. Wow. I know. There you go. I I, I read that. That is tonight. him. Mm-hmm. You're right. So what'd you think, Matt? Oh <laughs> uh, well, first of all, let's just say. I'm guessing this is a police precinct where they don't uh, they don't worry about response times too much because yeah. they put this uh, they put this place in the middle of nowhere middle of nowhere <laughs> except also like I said also just kind of right outside of town you can just kind of wander in from you know uh, yeah yeah um, this to me is also kind of- this we should say that this is uh, this is also apparently uh, uh, they operate some sort of medical station out of this I guess I guess because they never bother you get shot they don't bother to take you to a hospital they're just like <laughs> eh, we'll just we That's just a- need to get into the uh, it's like a video game where if you just if you just grab <laughs> the medical kit the- right yeah, you just- it is. <laughs> and then uh-huh. oh you know whippersnapper there you go your your wound is all better right? I just feel more than anything that this is just a it's a concept of a confrontation, and they try to find a movie to wrap it around. Mm-hmm, right. And uh, the confrontation is actually quite interesting mm-hmm. in concept. And um, this movie's pretty well acted. I, I thought I, I mm-hmm. thought everybody, all the acting was pretty good in it, and and a, lot, a few of the characters I actually quite enjoyed. But the journey to get this movie where it needs to go is just so tedious to me. I was very bored with the setup of this movie. Yeah. And then I kind of got interested when they actually got to the point yeah. of what they were they right. wanted to go. And then, you know, it kind of gets ridiculous and, and uh, maybe has one too many endings. Uh, <laughs> it definitely has one too many endings. <laughs> so I, I, I was not a big fan of this um, overall. Yeah. It was kind of kind of bored me really. I was much more bored by the end of this movie than I was by cuz I admit the setup uh, I I agree the setup is not is very casually paced especially for this kind of movie, but it managed to ratchet up a little bit of tension. And Yeah, I mean, I'm going to agree with you. A, the the last yeah. part was way more boring. Yeah. The the problem is this is all leading up to a big confrontation. And the movie is going to come down to whether or not that confrontation is going to be, you know, uh, is going to be interesting. It, it, you know, when the, when the blood starts to splatter and the bullets start to fly, is this going to be a, a fun action movie? And I think it really, really is not. I think these the the shootouts are just terribly staged. It's all just bang, bang, ju- jump behind a, a desk, yeah. shoot, shoot a little more. Um, it's all very two-dimensional. Everything about this whole scenario is just so ridiculous <laughs> that you know it's it's one you know it's one the one guy gets himself arrested, gets in jail to pr- get protection, which right I can kind of buy that. Sure, right. But then Gerard Butler's character gets himself arrested so he can get close to the guy who's going to. But he doesn't know what the situation inside this jail is at all. He, he has, yeah, he has no reason. I to mean, think the, the lockup in this jail is like out of a 1930s Keystone Police. <laughs> exactly. The whole, the whole, uh, the rest of the, uh, the 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 station is it's like very state modern. of the art, right? Yeah. But but the actual cell looks like it looks like it's out of Rio it's Bravo, turnkey right? metal <laughs> yeah. bars. You know, most modern <laughs> lockups are like you know mostly concrete block and, and <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, right. You have the yeah. Yeah, I had that's, that's, that. I had that written down. In the, uh, I mean, let's talk about just the locker room. 
There's endless lockers. <laughs> there is a lot of need for hosing for taking showers in this place. And, and once you sure. turn the lights off, nobody could ever possibly turn them back on. It's dark forever, <laughs> right? And you, you turn the the it, when you turn the showers on, immediately there's so much steam you can't see your hand in front of your face, right? This is the director Joe Carnahan. This is sort of his idea of uh, of 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 atmosphere is just like, oh, well now there's steam, so now this will make the fact that we're five feet away from each other shooting at each other that'll make it interesting, right? So they're in the middle of nowhere, as we've 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 uh, mentioned several times. But there's still like seven, eight cops that are kind of after hours on duty. Yeah, yeah, they right. They don't patrol. It doesn't seem like it's just like they're it seems, doing. It seems overpopulated. <laughs> it it seems like too. What are they doing? I mean, it must be a really rich area they can afford to just have cops milling about. I, I and suppose then, so. if these cops are in the station, it doesn't seem like there's other cops out out on, on the beat either. No, because there's no. It doesn't seem like there's any place to beat, right? No. When, the, when there's an exterior shot, it looks like this is just, you know, it looks like Tashi, right? It looks like it's like the outskirts of yeah, Mos Eisley, right? That overhead shot where there's like, <laughs> like the lighted Skywalker and, uh, uh, and the giant, right? His uh, his uh, igloo, right? The action scenes for me just just uh, were were uh, long were long and stupid. And and, uh, and, yeah. and very poorly staged. People get shot, and you think it's over, and then for no reason, they just stand up and they're fine. So <laughs> exactly. End, yeah. I, I mean, and there's just no explanation for <laughs> no, that. No, absolutely right? not. The, the somehow uh, somehow the hitman knows where the uh, the secret stash of uh, of assault weapons and assault rifles in this uh, this uh, station is, but the cop doesn't. The one cop left towards the end doesn't. Yeah. Right. He gets to him before she does. <laughs> right. She's just got her trusty little six shooter and he's got a, you know, uh, uh, and he's got a, a, an assault. He's got a street sweeper. Right? I never thought about it before you mentioned, but people do video game heal in this, in this, <laughs> yes, they do in this movie. <laughs> and then she's got, you know, part of her character is she's, she gets to do the pistol tricks. Uh-huh. So of course they got to give her. A single action revolver right. that no, you know, no precinct in the world would let anybody carry because yeah. the whole, you know, precincts are right. in that whole, you know, we're outgunned by the people on the street. We got to get the best. <laughs> they're not, <laughs> not going to let you walk around <laughs> yeah, with a Ruger Red Hawk. Yosemite Sam's <laughs> pistols. Right. As cool as it is to, you know, to watch her do those tricks. Right. Um, and it's actually more fun. I think it was a lot more fun to uh, listen to her and, and the other guy talk about shooting guns than it was, <laughs> it was to actually watch any of these people shoot guns it was it was <laughs> um and and it's fair to ask like yeah, well you know you've got a very contained situation here they're never more you know claustrophobia is an important part of it so they're never they're always close to each other how how imaginative could the shootouts be i mean it's one thing for fights to be imaginative but you know shooting you know, guns at each other from five feet away. How good, how cool could that be? And I'll, I, I've got one word for you, desperado, right? Oh, that's true. Right. Two words, John Woo, right? Watch any of those movies and, and you, and you're going to, if you're going to make this kind of movie, you know, um, you're responsible for, yeah, you're, for coming kind, up with a way of there's staging There's sort of a, compared to something this. like, like that, there's more of a detachment from the actual fight. You know, like when you watch a movie like Desperado, you almost feel like the splinters are flying around you. You're so yeah, into it. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. And this doesn't feel like that at all. Yeah. Um, there's just a grace and imagination in, in Desperado and the movies that sort of are inspired. See, I thought from the movies. short chat we had that you liked this movie. Um, <laughs> I, 
I uh, uh, this movie was a triumph of low expectations. So well, there's I, always I expected that. to really hate this movie. This is a movie that like half an hour in, I was like, "Am I? Is this actually going to be a good movie?" <laughs> you know, because I mean, the dialogue kind of popped a little bit. The yeah, situ- the situation uh, between the mysterious men was is sort of painted in this kind of. Sergio Leone kind of kind of like what are these what are their motives you know what are they really up to um and I like I love you know um even though as I say it's it's sort of its own subgenre I, I like the subgenre of of Rio Bravo uh you know assault on precinct 13 right um I liked the uh, you know I like Toby Huss's uh, sci- uh super psycho hitman right <laughs> over um, the top uh I just yeah um, I-, I was more I, I um you know, looked into some, you know, aggregate scores for this, and it's mm-hmm. kind of getting good reviews. Yeah, yeah. So after average. having that maybe misleading conversation with you, not, yeah. not, not, not that it's your fault, but yeah. uh, I misinterpreted maybe exactly your, what you meant. Mm. And, um, you know, going into these scores, I was starting to think, well, maybe this will be kind of enjoyable. <laughs> and uh, I just kind of didn't get it from the beginning. Oh, maybe. So maybe you are a failure of yeah, high expectations. I, I think maybe I'm, I let my expectations <laughs> right. get out of hand for a movie like this. Yeah. You know, there's just a few moments here and there I, I really, you know, got a kick out of. But um, you do have to suspend a lot of disbelief to get into this this movie. Yeah. And maybe the right movie could could have pulled it off. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but this there's some sloppy things down the road. In this I, movie. I think there's just yeah, there's just not enough. Uh, there's just not enough of the good stuff. Well, I mean, uh, to to make you overlook the the stuff that doesn't work, and and again, I'll go back to a movie like Desperado. There's a lot of Desperado that's just mediocre and just not that good, but you don't remember any of that stuff because uh, because the it's directed with so much flair. It's yeah. so beautiful. It's yeah, so, what's what's fun about it is yeah, so it leans into it, its own its own goofiness, right? It doesn't um, give you that the quiet moment to say, "Wait a minute, here, this is sort of yeah, yeah." This uh, really, and it doesn't yeah. really. I don't think Desperado ever gets to the point where it's like you you watch somebody almost bleed out for over the course of 20 minutes and f- almost fade and then all of a sudden they're back in the action. Right. Yeah. Um <laughs> right. Which really really kind of pushes well it kind of also it it um dumbs down what you've just seen too. It it kind of you know turns its back on the narrative that it just tried to throw at you. Right. Yeah, this person is injured and out of the picture. Yeah, right? you're supposed to you're supposed to have cared as that person went through that situation, and now it really didn't matter. Yeah, oh, it didn't matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I really didn't like there's sort of a second ending here. I thought the first ending would have been fine. <laughs> yeah. But then... You know, you talk about the uh, uh, the review, uh, the reviews, and the mm-hmm. reviews, I think, have been pretty fairly generous to sort of to this movie in particular. Um, uh you know, and like Metacritic um, is doing okay. You know, it's in the green at least, right? Um, but I, I noticed uh, on Wikipedia tonight, I noticed the uh, uh, the audience score. You know, the uh, what are they, oh, the like cinema audience? score? Yeah, cinema score. And uh, that's like was like only uh, like thirty percent would definitely recommend. And so uh, that's going to be a problem for this movie because if this movie doesn't have mass appeal, um, I don't, it's not. Critics aren't really going to go for this. They, you know, the, I don't know. This, <laughs> a movie like this is going to need word of mouth. It's going to need to do well, right, with, right, uh, with fans of the genre. And if it's if it doesn't have popular appeal, um, I don't know if the uh, well, let's just say it. I don't know if the sequel that they set up and uh, that they inevitably set yeah, up is, uh, is going to flap its wings. 
it's not as bad as it could be, um, but it's not nearly as clever or cool as it thinks it is. Now, I like that the tension, a lot of the tension in this movie comes down from, like, uh, which of these guys she can trust less. You know? Yeah. Um, so there's definitely a psychological element that uh, that is interesting in theory. Um, a lot of the dialogue sort of goes nowhere. A lot of the dialogue really leans into uh, sort of clear clever and mysterioso it thinks it thinks it's being there's a central i guess it's not an actual mexican standoff it's more of a yeah trapped yeah you know, it's it's, back it's, again. it's yeah, yeah and i, and yeah, I, I thought that that somewhere. was kind of a cool concept and it worked for a little while and it's in its little bubble but yeah it just uh it doesn't come up with a good way to uh uh to ratchet up uh put a time limit on it right yeah it, like you could in theory just sit there right eventually so, somebody's going to realize that nobody is responding to this. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> this police precinct. Maybe right? this we, is like... This is on Tatooine. In the right? Twilight Zone <laughs> right? where there's like... They're like the police precinct for like a town that's not even really there. You know? Yeah, I, maybe. Right, right. <laughs> Consider if you... Right. Because I mean, when, the, when, when they call the authorities in from the next town or whatever at the end, it takes them quite a while to get there. <laughs> right, yeah. Or a convenient amount of time for them to get there. Uh, so that's why I said this is like a concept, you know, that doesn't know what... Yeah, doesn't know how to wrap a movie around. Yeah, it. and also it also seems like there there's just a lot of this movie. This movie either it, it both needs to be way shorter and also needs I guess needs to be longer because there's just <laughs> there's just uh, pl- plots that just don't go anywhere. They like there's a uh, there's a second dirty cop plot right that yeah. barely that is Im- relatively important to the plot but barely exists yeah right? it's it's important because it happens and, uh, yeah <laughs> well i mean I, it leads to stuff i'm not it, sure it i has really a understand function it. in the in the the plot but it doesn't um it goes absolutely nowhere right? yeah um, I, that was so everything about i forgot about that this yeah this movie feels like the first draft of um <laughs> what might have been a good uh, what might have turned out to be a good screenplay. Well, you make those improvements for the sequel. That's yeah, what. right. <laughs> All right, well, I guess that's going to do it for Cop Shop. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this. Okay, welcome back to Cinema Spin. All right, here we go. Okay, here we go with our retro movie, the movie p- chosen totally at random. Our movie chosen at random this week. <laughs> is Clueless from 1995. Clueless was directed by Amy Heckerling, who at this point in her career had made a series of successful and well-known films. Most notably among these are Fast Times at Ridgemont High and the Look Who's Talking series of films, which she did not direct all of them, but several. Several, (laughs) right, so she knows her way around. Clueless is responsible for firmly launching the career of Alicia Silverstone, and after this movie, she is pretty much a household name. Silverstone plays Cher, a 15-year-old high school student trying to navigate the mean streets of Beverly Hills as the daughter of a rich lawyer. She has many of the same problems and tribulations that other teenagers do, but observes life with more of a kind-hearted wit than you might expect from a young rich girl. The characters in this movie are written with just enough depth that it seems like they could actually be real people, and that raises the material above the average kids in high school fare. What do you think about Clueless? Um... There's two things I want to that that I, I I really have to say about this movie, and that is first of all, this is the most '90s movie ever made. <laughs> yes, um, it is. We we have gone through periods where uh, you know we have there have been a nostalgia for 20 years ago. You know now we're going through a period where you make a nostalgia movie about the '80s. At some point, there's going to be nostalgia movies made about the '90s. You don't have to make a movie like that because 
this is already well, that's it, true. It right? If be... you made a, mo- a nostalgia movie about the '90s right now, if you wanted to cram in every '90s reference to th- that, that's it would be absurd screen, because this exists. Yes, it, right. Yes, uh, this. So this is a movie that's uh, even as it's being made is already sort of. Uh, 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 looking back on itself affectionately, right? <laughs> right? So it's like a time capsule. I mean, within minutes, you get references to, you know, like a student has lost his cranberry CD, right? You <laughs> right. Get, you know, there's a, 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 she's at one point is sitting on the couch singing along to a Mentos ad, right? And, uh, you know, Ren and Stimpy and Beavis and Butthead are on the TV, right? So, um, I mean, there's uh, everything but, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, you know, talking about breakfast cereal or a Pulp Fiction poster in the yeah, background. Maybe right? a Jerry Springer episode on the TV. <laughs> so, right, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, the, uh, so, it, yeah, and you got to see the Mighty Mighty, you know, you got to take a date to see the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones at a warehouse, right? Um, the dude in the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones who just dances along with the music <laughs> has not there, aged well. There's, there's a couple. There's yeah. a man and a woman, right? <laughs> We're just dancing along. Right. Remember Ska, Matt? I do remember Ska and yeah. not particularly fondly. No, no, no. Um, but uh, the other thing that's important to mention about this is, and this is where I think this movie uh, uh, really wins, is with just with the casting. Right. This is the one of the most perfectly cast movies um, uh, of this era. Right. Uh, so Brittany Murphy is perfect. You know. Sadly, no longer with us. Yeah. She's perfect as uh, as uh, believably dopey and lovable, and um, and uh, dress dresses down well. You know, somebody as attractive as her. It's it's uh, hard to find a Hollywood actress. You know, uh, yeah, who, I mean, uh, as believable as as kind of dowdy, right? Um, so uh, she's yeah. So that's that's ingenious casting, and Dan Hedaya um, is. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty spot on. Yeah, he's a well, he and against type. Usually, he's a very he's very smarmy, but in this, he's he uh, he's a, a loving father, right? Right. Um, and uh, and of course, Silverstone is uh, in a character that uh, that on paper is just an asshole, right? Um, just a really vapid, uh, uh, vain person. Um, we are we always hate rich people in movies. Right, um, it's easy and, to do. Right, and we we believe that people who that that poor people can rise above their lot and still be good people at heart, even though they've suffered. Right, it's a lot harder to believe that a person who spoiled her whole life could have a good heart. Right, but there's and at the same time portray that she is so spoiled too. At the same time, right? Yeah, not not she gets yeah, to be bratty yeah. as well. Right, yeah, she it's, is it's a, a total brat. Yeah, um, it's the brilliance of the role that pulling that off. Yeah. Um, so Silverstone gets a lot of credit for that, obviously for being the actress, but also Heckerling uh, obviously knew what she was getting into. She knew this character, if not cast well, was going to be intolerable. Um, but she did did a good job. To me, the, the the problem with this film is, I think me in the '90s probably refused to watch Clueless almost. Yeah. And now here we are revisiting it 25 years later or whatever it is. And unfortunately, seeing some of the things in this movie for the first time that have become part of pop culture, mm-hmm. you know, like the as-ifs of the world. Right, um, yes. It's, whatever. Yeah, we're, not, we're seeing these things after they've been parodied 20 million times, and they don't maybe quite – we don't get to see them work as they would seeing this film origi- in its original, you know, time period. Yeah. So I think that takes away from it a little bit. 
Um, I like the beginning of this movie, and I like when it, whenever they were setting up the teachers. Mm-hmm. The Brittany Murphy stuff, um, I think maybe does not play great because you know that part she's and obviously a nice girl, but she's just not pretty enough to be popular, and that's a little ugly, I think. Even yeah, in- but she's also um, she's also kind of an idiot. Right, she's also. I mean, she's well. She's, she's got kind of the New York accent. And right, she's, trans- she's she's not doesn't fit in. She's, she's lovably dopey. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, doesn't. Yeah. I don't know if it doesn't play well to me just because of what you know her being gone now. Yeah. Feel, I don't know. Just, just something I just felt that wasn't as interesting for me to watch as when she was setting up the teachers and getting them to kind of fall for each other. I uh-huh. thought that was a little more. And you get Wallace Shawn. Yeah, uh, yeah right. I just I enjoyed that a little bit more. And then once they kind of got over the Brittany Murphy rebuild situation, mm-hmm. I started to enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. I just don't enjoy that section quite as much. You know, yeah. in the end, when uh, you know it's going more towards uh, you know where the movie end up ends up going. Yeah, I started to like it again. Or not? I never disliked it. It just mm-hmm. it, that that part I just you know didn't think aged as well as some of the, some of the rest of it. Yeah. Um. You know, obviously, you watch Paul Rudd in this movie, yes, and you're like, "Oh, there's young Paul Rudd." But in the same day, I watched a little bit of Ant Man and the Wasp, right? And mm. normally, when you see an actor who was in a movie 25 years ago, you're like, "Oh, Paul Rudd." <laughs> but goddamn, if he didn't, he didn't look too bad. He looks great. And we all, yeah, that's the I joke. Know. That's the joke. But it right. really it's, is true. It's, it really is true, right? Yeah, um, it's. It's interesting how some actors, like Jeremy Renner, like in 18 months, went from uh, the, the, the guy who, I know you're... the guy who was in, you know, the, the baby-faced guy who was in Hurt Locker, right, to, <laughs> right. to, to uh, Hawkeye, right? Um, and but, but somehow Paul Rudd, you know, there must be a, a picture of him in his attic somewhere. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's, his face, you know, he's like, he totally does aging. age, but it's just... It, it, it's yeah. in a way that his face doesn't stop looking like Paul Rudd. Right. <laughs> it's just hard to explain because <laughs> he's got the you know he's got this like line here you know like we all do on uh-huh. our forehead that's permanent. Yeah. No matter what facial expression we make, it's still always there. <laughs> um, but it just doesn't seem to take away from the overall appearance. It's yeah. just uh, it's remarkable. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the the plot here is uh is pretty episodic, right? It, it doesn't. It is. It doesn't quite flow in the way that a, a normal movie does from sort of like the beginning and the middle and an end. Um, uh, it's more like kind of uh, kind of divided up on episodes. Interestingly, this movie started out, the idea started out as a pilot for a TV show. Um, then it became a movie. Then it became, then it became a TV, a TV show. show. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I can see how, uh, I can see how you would think of this material as a TV show. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I think it would get old on a weekly basis real quick. I, I think that that one of the maybe the reasons that the, you know this is pretty sharply written over two hour period, less than two hours. I think. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's and that that makes it succeed all the all the more because it isn't this weekly where it's just another new story. We've uh-huh. already done it. Same situation, brand new story. You know, brand new elements are you know putting. Yeah. I think it wouldn't have worked. I mean, obviously, it didn't. You know, I don't. I don't think the uh, Clueless TV show ran for twenty years. Well, but it I also think it ran did, for three seasons. But so it also not, didn't have Alicia right. Silverstone. I mean, yeah, right. Um, and I have a, I have respect for her having seen her in this role for the first time that I didn't have before because, uh, 
you know, I, I think my first mm-hmm. my first run in with Alicia Silverstone was in that Batman and Robin movie. <laughs> you know, and I, I have I, I, the Batgirl character is kind of one of my favorite characters, even though that nobody's ever done much with it. But, right. Uh, that definitely wasn't what was I had not, in mind. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, um, so uh, she's just effortlessly charming in this uh, in this movie, um, and there's just no way to overstate how uh, the difference that casting choice and that performance makes between uh, uh, this character being somebody who you uh, want to spend time with and want to see, see succeed and somebody who you really want to get her comeuppance, right? Cause this, yeah, I mean, if a if um, hundred people audition for this, 99 might not have worked. Yeah, it's, right. It's, and, and yeah, and, uh, I mean, and maybe that's a little too simplistic, but. Uh, you know, the, and this is uh, the source material here. This And this is really inspired by uh, Jane Austen's Emma, right? Right. And, uh, Emma in the uh, um, in in the book is apparently a, a little bit more obnoxious than this, and uh, apparently you are looking for her to uh, to eventually get her comeuppance, <laughs> right, or for somebody to dress her down, right? Um, in this, it's uh, it's all just uh, very uh, it's it's just too good natured for for that. Um, yeah. I... Um. So uh, now, uh, as for Paul Rudd, I mean, um. The one, th- the one thing that's sort of icky about this movie is the romance between what were at at one point uh, steps step siblings. <laughs> True. Um, and that seems uh, I don't know. It seems weird. I mean, it seems weird that teenagers li- uh, living together um, might uh, start a romantic relationship. <laughs> I, I certainly had that thought. Um. Um. <laughs> but for them to even go there, it's yeah, just, especially back and they then. make well, I'm mean, yeah, but and they make such a big deal about her virginity in this movie. Um, her virginity is such an issue, right? And, and her attempts to her uh, her attempts to lose her virginity um, are are kind of a running gag, right? Um, so once it, then we just come back around to ooh, like to. <laughs> two teenagers living under the same roof one of them desperate to fall in love and you know yeah lose her virginity it's a little strange that they made that particular because it would have been just as easy to make him the um son of the neighbor next door neighbor yeah or something like that yeah right something like that um yeah it's strange and um I, i i assumed given you know the uh the history among the aristocracy of England of, of inbreeding, right? Um, I, I had assumed that that came from the source material and that in, in uh, the, the novel. Oh, uh, as far um, as Emma's concerned. They were yeah. uh, somehow related or cousins or something like that, but apparently they, he was like a, an old friend, just the neighbor boy, right? Strange choice. I, and thank you, by the way, to my uh, my the local expert out there on, on all things Jane Austen, my wife. Um, a real Austen official. good to know. Yes. Um. So uh, she makes me seem more well-read than I actually am. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. Heckerling uses music a lot like Fast Times at Ridgemont High in here. It's yeah. very similar in, 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 its, in the way music is used. But it's not, so, you know, it's, it's funny how you've got all, these ni- all this 90s music, but then it's the, what is it? Is it the opening scene that's to The Kids in America, which is a much mm-hmm. older song? Yeah. I thought that was strange. It's like, it's like maybe that, was, that scene was mocked up to Kids in America long before they made the rest of this movie and it just stuck. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to think, to compare this movie to Fast Times at Ridgemont High because um, 
uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High is a, it, filled with a bunch of unlikable characters. Yes, well, right, <laughs> uh, right. Uh, of its uh, even <laughs> even taken out of the context of this movie, is a strange duck among '80s teen movies because it's the characters are so unlikable. It's a lot darker. It's a lot ickier um, than uh, especially the uh, John Hughes movies. You, you know, they sort of come after it, and especially compared to this, I mean, it looks like. It's like crime and punishment compared to this. Well, the, the, the tone of fish of Fast Times is so bizarre because the characters are based on real people. Yeah, and that's a weird situation. Yeah, yeah. You um, know, it's it's a nonfiction book. Yeah, that well, it's based right. On. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's uh, that's that's weird. So it's this you're you're looking at satirized. You know the characters in the in the in the movie are way more satirized than the characters in the book because they're trying mm-hmm. to yeah you know the uh, I I find though that I I think the tone of of Clueless um, works more works a lot better um, it's more it's I think more so consistent too. and it, and it actually uh, because it's more consistent I think it ends up being better satire um, of of the, uh, the, the kinds of foil foibles here, right. Um, we, uh, get a better handle on, uh, what, what the movie's attitude towards, uh, yeah. uh towards his characters really is. I think the problem with fast times is, is it's a movie satire kind of based on a book. that's not really satire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, well. so it's kind of got weird beginnings. Was the, Cam- so Cameron Crowe wrote, uh, Cameron Crowe. Was it ever published? Yes, it's oh, just, okay. it's just out of out of print forever. Oh, okay. Cameron Crowe likes that. Have you read it? Not read it. And it's okay. Kind of, I've read snippets, and it's oh, okay. just can't, it's like costs hundreds of dollars to get the book. Oh, okay. Um, well, but, keep an eye know, out for that. As the... you know, he went undercover as a high school student, as like a twenty year old, right? And uh, went to, went to high school for a year, and, and basically all the characters in this are real people. Yeah. Ugh. In Fast Times Ridgemont. And in Fast not, Times Ridgemont. Right. <laughs> no, you're not, you're not going to run into Cher and uh, Dion at the, at the mall as old we're, ladies. <laughs> we're both named after women who used to be fa- famous singers, and now they sell things on, on TV. So, yeah, I was. Um, this ended up being about what I expected, I guess. Yeah, um, I like this more than I think I did, uh, than I thought I would. I was really, really charmed by it, um, especially that central performance. Yeah, me too. I just had a little bit of a moment there in the middle where I just didn't, I don't know, I just thought it kind of got a little ordinary for me. Yeah, bit. well, I mean, if if you're not into the Brittany Murphy uh, portion, um, then that's a significant part of the movie. But well, I, just, I really lo- I really thought I just she's thought she's endlessly funny. As, I just thought she was kind of cool the way she was, and she could be like, uh, she was kind of yeah. a mess, but... Uh, right, maybe um, she just let her go hang out with the stoners, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She she probably picked the right boy for her to begin with, and they wouldn't let her be with uh, this, this, you know. Well, that's how it turns out. Yeah, but I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe she was she knew what she wanted, you know, from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the movie agrees with you. But I, I I do think that you know those characters probably would you know misguidedly try to change the wrong person too. Maybe so you know, and maybe the maybe in the movie they do see the error of of, of that in the end too. So. Yeah, it is inter- it, it is interesting to think of uh, of Cher's motivation here, right? Like what what exactly possesses her to sort of uh, uh, you know, um, as she thinks, selflessly try to transform this ugly duckling into a swan. And um, you know, um, on the one hand, it is 
you know, she brings those teachers together in a way that really works out for them. So you think that maybe she's proud of that and like helping people. But at the same time, what she really wants is somebody else to admire her. Right. Right. She really wants, uh, you know, Daddy's a approval. project. Daddy's yeah, approval, daddy's approval too. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> she's he's as he's as impressed with her ability to argue her way to better grades. Uh huh. Right. Than, <laughs> so. Um, so but, yeah, I think that that all works. And I, I do like that the characters do seem to gain some perspective over the course of this movie. They mm-hmm. change. They they they, and that's not something in every teen movie we see. Yeah. Sometimes the character in a teen movie that we see on moment one of the film is the same character when the credits roll. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah, I I I just want to at the cost of repeating myself. I just uh, um, it's uh. Very interesting that this movie is about rich people that doesn't judge rich, doesn't harshly judge people for being rich and just assume that rich people all must be monsters, right? Right. Um, in a way that uh, you, I, I just about never see. Well, they're still young it's before they yeah. become monsters. Completely, yeah, right? <laughs> I guess so. But even uh, even her father is not portrayed as, as a monster. There's some these uh, days you almost couldn't do that. You would almost have to show that he's a dirty. You know, he's somehow a dirty lawyer. He goes to jail right. at the end or something. Yeah, you'd have to make it controversial right, yeah. in some way. Right. Um, There's something interesting here at the exact moment in time that this movie is made. Obviously, the kids have cell phones, but it's only because they're rich. Because by this time. Cell phones weren't ubiquitous yet, right? And it's also pretexting, so uh-huh. they're actually calling each other, right? You know, I, my my son is in high school now. Almost in, un, under no circumstances will they actually call each other, <laughs> right? Even though it's a telephone, unless it's an emergency, <laughs> exactly. right? Yes, right. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's it's uh, the. It's in, it's interesting to look back on the commentary uh, about cell phones made in this. At one point, they're all having dinner together, and a phone rings, and they all whip out their phone and answer it. Yeah, right? they don't know who know it is, right? And um, that scene, what a dated joke that is. It is. <laughs> what, a, what a joke. Th- uh, you know, that joke sort of assumes that this is just a pass. The, these cell phones are just a passing bag, <laughs> right? And they, we're going to all look back on this and think how silly we were for ha- carrying around these cell phones. Little do they know that... Uh, <laughs> The meal would become secondary to them all looking at their own phone and right. being detached from each other in reality. Right, that, yes, yeah. uh, eating together would be a thing of the past. In fact, with my son the other day, we uh, had a conversation on the way from school about why I would ever email anybody ever. <laughs> it takes forever to get a reply. Why would you ever email anybody anything? <laughs> and uh, I guess uh, anything you can email, you can text, I guess. I just hate the size of the the buttons oh, I know. on the it's, phone. I know. Right. I'd much I rather just, just rip off a you know exactly. I spread I've, out my fingers and do a actual exactly. typing bit. Yeah. Home row, people. Yeah, home row. Um, I guess that becomes less important to the. I guess so. But uh, but I yeah I, I mean you know I I hate anything yeah. anything more than a couple sentences. I'm, I'm like yeah I, I I just want to call. Yes, I I definitely think that there's. A time and a place for a great text message, but there's a time and a place for the rest of it too. Yeah, I I do like text messages because you don't have to commit to a actual conversation with somebody. That's true. <laughs> so it's good for introverts, right? It's it good is. for just sort of throwing something out there. The same reason that email was good, right? You know, you can just throw something out there and not have to commit to actually speaking to somebody. <laughs> yeah, and you can also right. answer it at your own le- leisure. You know, right? Did my phone uh, beep twenty minutes ago? I was, what was yeah, that? Yeah, uh, what was that? Uh, <laughs> it's all Rick. But uh, all that aside, we can, okay. Uh, 
it yeah uh, yeah so uh, i'm i'm glad we watched this one it was yes. uh, something that uh i like i said i probably avoided for a while and i'm glad we got back to it because uh it was interesting i found this movie very lovable and yeah uh, and and um very entertaining so yeah, I, I see what all the fuss was about after all mm-hmm. these years. And so. it, I mean, certainly as a time capsule for for, ni- for 90s stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can see why this has a cult following. And the, the other night, whenever we were talking about, I mentioned that I thought there was a second uh, Radiohead song. And uh, mm-hmm. you, you said, well, the, the, my iron the thing only said yeah. one. And I was like, if, that, if I couldn't identify that as a Radiohead. Yeah. I'm losing my marbles. <laughs> yeah, there are. I had to go back and check it. For the record, there are two Radiohead songs in this movie. One is on the official soundtrack. It is "Fake Plastic Trees." Uh, the other song is uh, "My Iron Lung" that doesn't appear on the uh, on the soundtrack. They're both played twice. I think there's a couple of No Doubt tracks on this. There's yeah. Um, there's I'm just I'm just a girl. At, uh, and then I think that. one of the other ones too. Right. right. And then you know, of course, the Mighty Mighty Paws tones, which and then <laughs> of course. Uh, yes. th- one of my uh, <laughs> least favorite things about the '90s, uh, not ska in particular, uh-huh. but how ska led to the next phase, which the was swing. the swing phase. Which... <laughs> Even though swingers, you know, yeah, good, you know, swingers is a really good movie. But I mean, people were actually taking swing classes, and and we all knew in six months this was going to be over. Right? Yeah, <laughs> we did. We did. Um, right. Um, so, and without swingers, you don't get John Favreau. That's true. And without John Favreau, there's no MCU. The end. <laughs> well, that's a fair argument, I guess. So, thank you, swingers, for the MCU. All right. Well, I guess we're to the point in our program we need to randomize. Yes. Find out what please. next week's random movie is. Dying to know. Let's let this thing fly. I mean, we're on a roll here. We've we've had a couple good movies. When was what was before Clue? I don't know, but it was a good one. <laughs> Right, we've got it. Oh, spoke. Yeah. To, oh, it was the People versus Larry Flynn is what you're talking. Oh about. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, we we've got 1974's Death Wish. Death Wish. Mm-hmm. Vigilante movie. Now, before we get started here, mm-hmm. we're not reviewing Death Wish two and Death Wish three, Death Wish four, Death Wish five. If you want to watch all five <laughs> Death Wish films, you go right I ahead. I think I'm not gonna. <laughs> okay. Especially I'm, since there, there's going to be homework for because I know our other I'm projects. not gonna, <laughs> and I'm not going to let you make me feel like less of a person because I didn't watch <laughs> five Death Wish watch. movies. <laughs> They're not going to be a repeat of the uh, crazy mama situation. <laughs> and I believe um, Death Wish will be paired with Venom, the or the sequel to the first. Yes, the, what the hell uh, is that called? Uh, it's called Let There Be Carnage. Okay, Venom, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. So yeah, and we'll uh, we'll review that. And okay. we may have a uh, special besides that. Yes, we may have extra bonus content next week. So that's the plan. So so join us for that. We appreciate you listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>